Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 55 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. In this week's show, we're taking a smug look at the home victory over the Chargers. We'll be taking a brief look at the rest of the AFC West rivals, plus we'll be giving you our preview of the week three opponents, the Indianapolis Colts. But first... Robert, what are your expectations for this Chargers defense this season? Oh, pure dominance. I am a big fan of the Raiders. expect Josh McDaniels to absolutely knock this job out of the park. I am expecting big things from the Las Vegas Raiders this year. I- Broncos country, let's rock. So the AFC West rivals are still chasing the Chiefs in the division after all the talk and the chest beating throughout preseason, throughout the offseason, that the Raiders are going to be the best offense in the AFC West and the Chargers are going to be toppling the Chiefs and the Broncos are going to be on the coattails. We still find ourselves Chiefs 2-0, top of the division. It's early days yet. But I'm already getting carried away, mate. I don't know about you. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be this easy, was it? I thought the Chiefs no. were opening with like the hardest schedule in NFL history, wasn't it? Or something like that. Like, something like you're, that, you're looking at the AFC West and it's just like more of the same status quo. <laughs> Every, like Thursday night, the Chiefs win a game against the Chargers. And already the rest of the NFL are chasing the Chiefs. Already. Yeah. Like, Okay, granted, a lot of teams went to 2-0 as well. I think there's now six teams at 2-0 in the NFL. But for three days, the rest of the NFL was already behind yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. And the AFC West has already given the Chiefs a head start. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid wins a, yet another AFC West divisional clash against the team that they struggled the most against since they've been in town together. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, AFC West? Like, surely, surely, surely the, the Raiders, the Broncos and the Chargers should have come together and made some little, like, secret club where they say, right, we all have to beat the Chiefs in divisional games. 
<laughs> like maybe I don't know, dress Chandler Jones up as like another pass rusher, maybe send in Devontae Adams to replace Keenan <laughs> Allen, like just for the week. Like they, they they must have had to do something. They must have come together for this plan to topple the Chiefs. But yet again, it's failed. It's week two. And the AFC West already looks like it's going to be Kansas City's this year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we'll get on to the charges in a minute because obviously that's something we're going to be briefly discussing in this show. Uh, but the Raiders blow a 20-point lead, which is apparently the biggest, the largest blowout they've had they've had in their in their uh you know in their history where they've given up 20 points. When you had the beginning of this game, uh there was all talk from the Raiders. It was almost like a party atmosphere. I don't know if you saw it all on on you know all the pre-game and everything, but it was almost a party atmosphere there. People were throwing champagne around already when the you know the Raiders went up um mm-hmm. in their massive lead. Um and it was like a party atmosphere because they clearly saw what happened with the Cardinals against the Chiefs in week one. And I think they thought, this is going to be a breeze. This is absolutely going to be an absolute blowout for us here because we've clearly got the better offense. That's what their mindset was. Yeah, And I think that's the thing that really kind of slipped them up in a way. um, That... The fact they stopped scoring points. Yeah, but they didn't (laughs) take... I don't think it took it lightly. I just... I don't know what it was. It was almost like a brain fart. In the fact that, oh, well, you know, we're 20 points up. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a breeze, this. But whatever I the Cardinals see, did. I didn't watch the game. I've only caught the highlights. I actually okay. watched the first half. And then I got bored and went to bed. And because I thought, oh, the Raiders are going to do to the Cardinals what the Chiefs done to the Cardinals, which was a, pers- a perfectly reasonable way of thinking. I thought, I'm going to yeah, wake up in the morning. The yeah. Cardinals might have got 10 more points and like the Raiders might have got 10 more. So like 30 to 10. That's what I was fully expecting to wake up to. Mm. Woke up in the morning and I saw uh, on my fantasy app, actually, the Cardinals won the game in <laughs> overtime. And I'm thinking, well, how the hell did they manage that? So although I haven't watched the game, for the, the Raiders to take such a big lead and what was it, midway through the third quarter, they've still got a 20-point lead. And to go on to lose to a team that, Looked dead and buried. Looked like they were going to get off to a terrible start of the season. And the Cardinals, you've, the Cardinals, traditionally a team that start the season very well, and it looked like it was going to be the complete opposite for them. But for the Raiders not to be able to close that game out, and I've seen some of the plays at the end, like the amount of times they had to, like the amount of opportunities rather they had to murder Kyler Murray, and they mm-hmm. just didn't manage to do it. And he managed to keep play after play after play alive. Like there was one play I saw, I think it might have been a two point conversion. And it was just, it was like some crazy Madden play yeah. where like Max Crosby and all these other guys for the Raiders defensive line were just trying to get hold of Kyler Murray and they just couldn't. It was like watching Lamar Jackson mixed with Michael Vick, mixed with Kyler Murray. It was just insane. It was like a whirlwind. No one could get near him. Like Benny Hill music. Surely or not. Surely, surely, surely. Like the Cardinals couldn't have like two of those plays, let alone one. Yeah, and they did. They had two. They had three of those plays. They had all these miracle plays at the end of this game. And uh, as soon as they started happening, you just knew that, like, overtime coming along, it was probably only going to be one winner and obviously it come in the form of Byron Murphy. (laughs) Of all people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you know, did you see, have you seen that he almost done the Derek Carr special with a touchback? Uh, no, I didn't Apparently there's a stat going around that he was 0.02 seconds early Sorry, let me say this correctly. He was 0.02 seconds away from that being a touchback when he ran into the end zone. No Cause, way. Because, yeah, he almost done a Derek Carr slash Deshaun Jackson's type <laughs> of special. 
<laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> like that would have been because there's a lot of people that hate that rule. Yeah. They, they they hate the whole fumble through the end zone being a touchback. Rule. Well, especially I remember obviously, <laughs> and obviously, do you remember when it happened with the Chiefs Browns game and Dan Sorensen oh, yeah. knocked the, rec- uh, the receiver out cold or whatever it was, and he fumbled yeah. through the back of the end zone. I remember at the time, loads of people calling for that rule to be reversed, and thankfully they didn't because I actually love that rule <laughs> because I'm of I'm very much of the opinion of. You, you don't score until you scored. Like you, yeah. you basically, if you want to score, you have to look after the football. And possession is what nine times the law. Is that what is that what the saying is? I think that's so the you, saying. Yeah, don't know if it's to, true you or not. To, you need to, yeah, you need to keep <laughs> hold of that ball the whole way through the process of scoring. If you have to keep the hold of the ball the whole way through the process of the catch going to the ground, then surely the ball has to cross the line. Like you don't give a goal in football if the ball the full ball doesn't cross the line. You don't go oh half the ball we're just going to give that a goal. You have that whole ball has to cross the line in football, and likewise in American football. The ball has to break the plane. And if you cannot look after that ball and it slips out and it fumbles and goes through back, back through the end zone, well, you've been too careless with it and it serves you right to lose that game. That's why I never have any sympathy for Derek Carr. Obviously, I might have been a little bit biased had Byron Murphy dropped that ball and it went out for a touchback and the Raiders went back to win that game. Yeah. And so I might have been calling for that rule change. But right now, the way I see it is that if you want to score a touchdown, you've got the ball in hand, just look after the ball. Byron Murphy, you got lucky this time. You won't get as lucky next time. Just looking at the Broncos, they won 16-9, but... Um, they were bad. It, they were <laughs> terrible, weren't they? I mean, it, it, it's it's lucky that they were playing the Texans right about then. Wilson dancing out of the pocket and throws it away. And once again, with booze raining down, Denver is not able to get it done in a goal-to-go situation. However, Nathaniel Hackett is keeping his offense on the field for fourth and goal. One of the things that Lovey Smith talked to us about is that everybody's staying in their, his mind. in their rush lanes. And once you do that, you have to realize you are chasing a 5-foot, 10-inch quarterback who maybe doesn't see over everybody. I mean, they were completely unconvincing. The it, it was funny as well because did you hear the fans counting down on the clock? With the fans counting down the play clock. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> it's just poorly coached. It is poor, very poor, very poor. Like, let's ride. Russell Wilson, I just don't get it. Like, he, he's a good player. Yeah. And he is a good player. He can count as well, surely. Yeah, true. But I just, I, I look at the Broncos. And I look at the head coaching and the way they're being coached, and it's just a hot mess. Yeah, and look like a hot mess. Is, <laughs> is it? Is it because right, Nathaniel Hackett is a rookie head coach? Do we have to give him the growing pains, the teething pains? So we have to allow for that and give him the benefit of the doubt, or do we just look at this guy and just go, actually, he's not very good. He's clueless. Like, part, part of me thinks, and honestly, like. This is obviously the pessimist in me for the Broncos is is. I wonder if the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett because they were convinced that he could bring Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. And that is the only reason why they hired him as a head coach. Could be. And obviously when they couldn't get Aaron Rodgers, they then moved on to Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson only joined the Broncos because of not not because of Nathaniel Hackett. Because of the massive paycheck that was going to come his way, and yeah. ultimately did come his way. Uh, like it the Broncos are funny, but it could be. 
they're, they're just they're just in such a bad place right now. Yeah, they're one and one. They're only one, half a game back from the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs in a few weeks' time. They could be, I don't know, maybe just two or three games behind Wissy. But yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm getting cheeky now. <laughs> um, but I just look at them and I think they are just not in the same realm as the AFC elite any, anymore. Like who who are the AFC elite teams right now? The Bills and the Chiefs. Bills and the Chiefs, I would say right about now, yes. And who who underneath them? What the Chargers, Dolphins, the Ravens. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I would I would agree with that. Probably. Are there anyone else? Is there anyone else? No, really, and it really isn't. And it's strange because we were thinking, obviously, the AFC is jam-packed full of these superstar players and and at the moment we like like you said we've got you know we've got obviously herbert and mahomes and um we've got wilson in our in even in our division who like you said before he's a he's a you know an established player he's a you know he's a he's he's a star player but for some reason it just hasn't clicked yet already at at the at the broncos but you're right i thought the afc was going to be a lot more kind of competitive in a way, yeah, with a lot more teams in the mix, but it's the usual suspects again. Yeah, and to be fair, the usual suspects are looking very good. Yeah. We've got obviously get onto the Chiefs win, but the Buffalo Bills last night, I, I got up this morning to watch that game. They were phenomenal. Yeah, like you can say what you want about the Titans and obviously the players that they've lost and um, how they've probably been riding their luck and riding the Derek Henry train a bit too long anyway, mm. and they've never actually been as good as their record suggests. But the Bills dealt with them handily. Like the Bills look like a juggernaut right now, yeah. Compared to to other teams, and you can say, "Oh well, who've they beat?" Well, they beat the defending Super Bowl champions and the team that were a number one seed in the AFC last year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they, they've had gimmies. They but the way they've just destroyed both of those teams. Yeah, like the Titans held. The Titans were okay for the first quarter last night oh, on Monday night. And then after that, the Bills just took over offensively, defensively. The Titans couldn't live with them. For whatever reason, the Titans could not block any Bills defenders. Every single player, it just seemed like there was a free rush to come from the defensive line or linebackers, whether it was Edmonds or Matt Milano. They just, as a, as a unit, the Bills just look like this team that are on a mission. And we've said it before, and I, I know we say we've said it before quite a lot on this podcast. But because <laughs> we're the, always right, Tom. It, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I just look at the Bills, and I, I just see the 2019 Chiefs. Yeah. As much as I don't want to see the 2019 Chiefs, I just see a team on an absolute mission, on a tear up to just to get to their ultimate goal and win the Super Bowl. And I know a lot of teams have the ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl. And I know a lot of teams will play well in September, but the Bills, just the way they're playing football, the way that they're playing well defensively, defensive line, offensive line, Josh Allen, the receivers are playing brilliant. And Stefan Diggs had another great game last night. You just look at them and you think, this is a team that are built for the playoffs and for a Super Bowl run. Okay, it only takes one bad performance to derail that. We've seen it in the past. The Chiefs played one bad half of playoff football and then next thing you know, they're going home. Yeah. So the, the Buffalo Bills making the playoffs, making the Super Bowl is, isn't a gimme. But right now, if you had to say, right, what's that? What, who's the one team that we trust as a complete package? The Buffalo Bills are, are probably above and beyond anyone else in the NFL right now. Yeah, the Bills are probably the most established at the minute as well because they haven't lost a star player like the Chiefs have and they haven't gone no. through a big massive transition of change in their offensive units, their defensive units. The, the whole thing has been blown up in the Chiefs. But with the Bills, 
they just keep adding don't they they just yeah. keep adding to it and it I, yeah I, th- I think you're right um are we gonna um eat some humble pie before we move on on that certain player No, I no, no, we're having a, we're having a look at the AFC. <laughs> we're having a look at the state of the AFC two weeks two 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 uh, weeks in. Yeah, and I think we have to address that the Miami Dolphins look like they could be a problem. Yeah, like um, offensively, like obviously the Legion of Zoom is very close to our heart. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> it's very very <laughs> close to our heart. But the Chiefs are not a Legion of Zoom by any means. Not now anymore. No, no. But I'm not. I'm not, I'm not giving not the Dolphins. I am not giving the Dolphins the title. They are not having the Legion of Zoom. That that doesn't that doesn't pass to the Dolphins. No, it doesn't. But we have to acknowledge the speed on, on offense. Do you know what? I I was actually quite surprised in how well Tua had actually connected with Tyreek. Yeah. Um, I was very surprised. In that. And Jalen Model. And Jalen Model as well. Yeah. Um, but. <sighs> I don't know. I, I I think I'm just going to reserve judgment for now. I mean, yeah, okay, you know, great, great game for Tyreek. I think he got massive amounts of uh, fantasy points for me as well in one of my teams, which I'm uh, very grateful for. Thank you very much, Tyreek. Um, but we may just see flashes of this now and again. We may see it consistently. But at the minute, I think, although we're getting carried away with week two, that the Chiefs are top of the division, I'm not going to get carried away at the moment with the Dolphins. Okay, but we, well, might this have, Sunday, we might have this discussion again. <laughs> this Sunday is six o'clock or noon time, Kansas City. It's the Dolphins versus the Bills. So there's um, there's a measuring stick for both teams, shall we say? Let's see how the uh, the Bills deal with an offense very fairly similar to the, the Chiefs from last year because yeah. we know they couldn't deal with that. And let's see how the Dolphins deal with like the complete package that is. The, the Buffalo Bills, yeah, the Ravens are very good offensively, but the Ravens aren't great defensively, where the Bills look like, if anything, the defence is their strong point this year, which seems crazy when you're talking about a team with Josh Allen and Stefan yeah. Biggs in. But um, it'd be an interesting one this week, the Bills versus the Dolphins. Right, should we get on to the Chargers versus the Chiefs? It's time for our smug face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's time for our smug face. Uh, I'll admit, this the first half of this game... Um, I was, was a awful. little bit comfort- concerned. I was, yeah, I really was. I was a little bit concerned about this because the defense just was not looking particularly well. Um, I didn't the think defense. The defense didn't. Not the first half. The second half, they came out. Did you watch the first half of that game and your concerns defense? Well, no, I'm I'm getting to the other bit. Don't you? Oh, okay, cool. Please continue. Bit. But one of the first Please. one of the things in the first half was obviously the defense. Uh, it wasn't obviously clicking at the right time, um, and the Chargers seemed to be having the way with them. And the one of the main things for me was what? The, no, they wasn't. The, no, what? I'm not having this. Like. I am not here for any takes about the defense whatsoever. Like, <laughs> well, I know. No, I, I'm sorry, Brad, to interrupt you. All of our concerns for Sunday or Thursday night football, none of them was the defense. Not one. Not not not, not even any, the pass rush. Not, not even at, the pass rush. Not at any point did I watch this game and thought, ah, oh, the Chiefs' defense aren't pulling their weight. Not, not at any point. Not even in the first half. Not even in the first half. The Chiefs held the Chargers to 10 points in the first half. Yeah. 10. 
Yeah. The the Chiefs' deep offense could not get anything going, anything. It was so bad offensively. And the the Chiefs' offense put the Chiefs' defense in such bad positions, and they only conceded 10 points, a single touchdown and a field goal in a half in which the Chargers absolutely dominated time of possession. That was a win for the Chiefs' defense. I, I Like... At times, you can watch drives and you can see them move the ball and you think, oh, this is looking a bit easy. Like it looked Bob Sutton in the AFC Championship game-esque. You can see them they're moving yeah, the yeah. ball. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, then the Chiefs defense stepped up. There was a reason why... The second like, there was half, a reason was, why Brandon Staley... There was a reason why Brandon Staley avoided some four-from-ones because he didn't entirely trust his offense to be able to beat, beat this Chiefs defense. Okay, devil's advocate, you could say... You could say, well, maybe he trusted his own defense so much that he felt like they could get a stop against the poor Chiefs offense, and maybe yeah. that's why the way he was thinking. But the Chiefs defense, I'm, I, I cannot get on board with any any blame at any point of this game on them when the offense was just so bad right, so right. early on. I'll, I'll pull something up that you said in the previous show, right? This is our first fight. Have you noticed this? <laughs> I'll pull something up you. I'm expecting my son to come downstairs and say, Why are you shouting with mummy? <laughs> you said something in the previous podcast, right? That the Chargers looked as though they were playing a vanilla kind of offense in the previous game yeah. against the Raiders, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. That's what it looked like in that first half against the Chiefs. I believe that they were playing almost like a vanilla kind of offense in a way because they believed that they could actually turn this defense, this Chiefs defense into absolute dicing it up. Yeah, but that didn't that didn't materialize. No, I have but- I have the belief that the Chief maybe the Chargers offense is maybe just vanilla. Maybe Joe <laughs> Lombardi maybe Joe Lombardi is is the problem in LA. Maybe the fact that yeah. Justin Herbert doesn't throw the ball downfield is the problem. Yeah. He, everything is short, everything's under, everything's um his his options. Like yeah. Maybe that's the problem with the Chargers' offense, but maybe those problems were enforced by the fact that the Chiefs' defense played really well. Willie Gay was everywhere. Oh, now he in was that great. First half. He was great. I will say he that. was absolutely he was everywhere in that first half. And Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton was everywhere in that first half. The, the two linebackers in the middle. We even saw Leo Chanel make a splash play. Yeah, like, the play. linebackers in the middle of the, uh, the field and Juan Thornhill behind them and Justin Reed behind them. They were so good that the Chargers could not move the ball. And when it come down to, to the to the red zone, when it got down to like the inside the thirty, they got stuffed. They got stuffed. Like they scored ten points. Yeah. And how many drives? I'm trying to find out how many drives the Chargers had in the first half. But I bet it was at least five. The the thing I have with the 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 defense, and it was glaringly obvious, was the pass rush we have at the moment is terrible. It's probably one of the worst pass rushes in the league right now. And not wanted to pin it all on one player, but I will mention that that Frank Clark, bless him, yes, he's lost a lot of weight and everything. That that weight loss has significantly impacted the way that he can play this game, and he can't can't bull rush anyone. He's got no solidity about him. There's no solidity about Frank Clark anymore, and it was it was telling in that game that there was zero pressure. Herbert could just literally stand in a clean pocket. Okay, I probably accept that. I accept <laughs> and he that. was targeting Watson a lot. <laughs> I, I I accept that, but what did it turn into? 
Yeah, okay. What was the end product? Points, yeah. And you know me, I am I am a stickler for judging defences by how many points they concede, Yeah, not by how many yards they give up. You know that's always been my point of view. Judge a defence by how many points they concede. Yeah. And in a first half, which could have quite easily got away from the Chiefs, like if it, it, you wouldn't have been surprised the way the offence was playing if the Chargers went in to the halftime with like a, a 14-point lead mm. and you wouldn't have begrudged your Chargers for doing that. But no, the lead was minimal. I think it was three points going into halftime. Mm. And that was not because of Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Patrick Mahomes absolutely had his moment in the first half. That that one drive and that one play in particular, that pass, sidearm pass to Jarek McKinnon was phenomenal. Yeah, But the reason why that game was closer at halftime was not because of Patrick Mahomes. It was purely because of the Chiefs' defense, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> I will. I will give them some credit in this in the entire game. Actually, the, the Chiefs' D did very well at stopping the run again for the second week in a row. How many yards was it that they, they ended up rushing for? Because Austin Eckler, like he, Austin Eckler, to me, it looked like every time the ball went near him, someone missed a tackle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in the end, he only did thirty-nine yards on fourteen carries. That's not too bad, is it? That's not bad at all, is it? So, I mean. Yes, they probably used him a little bit more and obviously the passing game. I don't have the stats for that, but the the actual run game itself, it seems as though the, the Chiefs managed to uh, actually stop something at least in this in this defense that has plagued us all last season of yeah. just teams running on us, just running on us and and us being not being able to tackle. Um but so far the first two weeks of this season, um we've managed to stuff the running game. Now it's going to be interesting Next week, the defense played badly. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I can't, I can't get over this. <laughs> the, the, uh, like, uh, the eye test told me that the Chiefs' defense played well, and so since you've been talking, sorry, but no, the point, really... no, the points told you that the Chiefs' defense played well. Yeah, and so did the eye test, and like, and whilst you were talking a minute ago, I'm not lying, Brad. I wasn't listening to you because I was trying to find out some evidence. All right, okay, uh, and. Like third down defense, okay, and against every other team, third down defense matters more yeah. so than against the Chargers because of Brandon Staley's aggressiveness. But the Chargers were five of sixteen on third downs, mm. five of sixteen. They rushed for three point one yards per attempt. Justin Herbert, what he threw the ball for three hundred and twenty six yards. Yeah, you say, oh, that's 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 a load of that's a lot of yards. It is a lot of yards. But they still only scored 24 points with those 326 yards. Yeah. Mahomes, what, threw for 309 last week and scored 44. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, the, the Chargers' offense, it wasn't efficient by the amount of time that they had. They ran 20 more plays than the Chiefs and scored three less points. Okay, you can argue that, oh, if they didn't throw the pick six, then the game wouldn't have sprung that way and the Chiefs would have won. But guess what? They did throw the pick six. Did the play had to be that play had to happen? Yeah. Jalen Watson had to make that play. So this this narrative of the Chiefs defense being, I suppose, the worst of the two units on, on Thursday. I'm not having that. If if anything, the, the offense should have been buying all of the, def- the defense a beer on Thursday night because they kept them in this game. So. The, the worry of Mike Williams having an absolute game doesn't bother you at all. No, what? A, oh, what? A premier wide receiver had a good game. He a had premier a great wide game. receiver. He was tearing yeah, it up. A, a premier wide receiver made a worldy catch against amazing coverage from Legarius Sneed, and I should worry. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. 
113 what? yards he had and a TD. So, so I don't want one to be, I don't player. Want... Yeah, one player. That's I just don't. <laughs> I just can't get on board with this. And right. I, okay. I know okay. we're gonna we're gonna disagree about we this. Are gonna I know. Disagree on I, this. I can I can see this as soon as we hit stop recording. We're just gonna carry this on all night, yeah. and we're Without gonna go to war. Dream. <laughs> And for the next few days, we're just going to be sending clips to each other and like look, look articles that back this. each look other up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the Chiefs' problem on on Thursday night was the offensive line. I I I, I that didn't know. Yeah, I don't think the offensive line knew how to protect back Mahomes on on Thursday. Well, that pass he, rush is phenomenal, though, isn't it? For the yeah, but it's not just that they were blitzing. Like it was, they were throwing all sorts of the offensive line, and they just weren't ready. No. Like we we thought Andrew Wiley would be a problem because it's Andrew Wiley versus a Bosa yeah. and Khalil Mack. And ultimately it was a little bit of a problem, but he wasn't the only one that struggled. Creed Humphrey struggled a little bit on yeah. Thursday night. Joe Tooney struggled a little bit on Thursday night. And Mahomes constantly had pressure in his face or having to step up into the pocket and facing more pressure, late mm. pressure. Like It wasn't exactly plain sailing for the offensive line. I think that's where a lot of the Chiefs troubles started like there's a nice breakdown actually from brian stewart on ourheadpride.com quick plug about the offensive line struggles and how that affected the entire passing game like obviously you can say oh well the receivers weren't winning against the Ch- uh the chargers cornerbacks mm. that may be true too but Mahomes just didn't have much much time he was hurried quite a lot and for a quarterback that's meant to be so good against the blitz and he is normally he looked like he struggled against the Blitz for the first time in his career on Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. The We've said it before, the, the Chargers pass rush was brutal. Um, Borsa, uh, there was a, there was a bit of an incident, wasn't there, as well, where, uh, was it Wiley had actually pulled uh, Borsa? That, that was the flag anyway, wasn't it, that he pulled um, Borsa onto Mahomes. Um, oh, that which, was a terrible call. It was a terrible call, wasn't it? It was a horrible yeah. call. Um, I mean, yes, he did have a bit of jersey, but he didn't pull him towards Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and you know how they got that from the he, did he even look at the replay? Mm. Um, I don't know if it was just something they called. I don't think you can but... you can't review them. So no. Mm. So uh, yeah, but that was that was terrible. And there was a few terrible calls anyway. Uh, and... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who struggled. A couple of people that struggled this last Thursday. It's weird, isn't it? We're talking about a divisional win, but. There was so much room for improvement from this Chiefs team, definitely, and they still won the game against one of the better teams in the AFC. So mm. let's, let's let's there's a reason to be positive, shall we yeah. say? There's the reason. That's the silver Richard lining. Fenton, Richard Fenton didn't have a good game. Um, he did struggle defensively. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one. And also Andy Reid, he he was not himself uh, on. On we Thursday have night, read, don't we? Now and again, we do you, every now and then you just get a game from Andy Reid, and you're just like, "What, what is he playing at?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's like I don't like to tell many people how to do their job, but you just, you know, sometimes you you see someone doing something, and you think I could do a better job than that. Yeah, and you're talking about Andy Reid as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've really got to back yourself if you think you can do a better job than Andy Reid. But exactly. Yeah. I just thought it was poor. Some of the play calling, the clock management—it was just all the negative parts of Andy Reid come out on Thursday night. And you can argue that it's execution, but some of the situations, some of the attempts, some of the plays that he called—you're just like you're thinking, what are you? doing like you've got an offensive line that 
can't pass protect for love nor money and you're not giving Patrick Mahomes like all the quick reads, all the easy yeah. options. You're trying to do all these long developing plays that just aren't going to work for you because of this offensive line can't protect. You call in second and long runs. You're letting charges burn 30 seconds off the clock in the last two minutes of the first half. Just so many brain farts from Andy Reid. And like, he's another one that needs to, he needs to walk into the, the, the coaches meeting on Monday morning and shake Spags's hand because Spags has kind of bailed him out a little bit. And so obviously Patrick Mahomes heroic later in the game. But um, yeah, I, I, I thought Andy wasn't particularly great on Thursday. The good thing about this story, I mean, in the second half, the Chiefs really did kind of get it together a little bit more, didn't they? Um, defensively, yeah. they seem to have made some adjustments. He um, seemed to switch when Chris Jones moved over he, from the left side you know to what? the right. I, that was vintage Chris Jones. Yeah. In the second half. It's, First half, we didn't see him. First, no. Second half, he was vintage Chris, Chris Jones. He was everywhere. It was probably up. the best game he's had as a Chief in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. I thought he was excellent. That second half, and he made the switch to go over to the left guard. And I can't remember the left guard's name. I apologize. Um, but yeah, whoever it was, and Chris Jones just made his life hell. He just seemed to live in the live in the backfield, and Herbert was hurried a lot, having to make some rash decisions, trying to get some quick throws off. And obviously, it was a quick throw, which obviously the game changing, the game deciding play happened on. Yeah, uh, we haven't spoke about the, uh, the, the the touchdown either from uh, Justin Watson, which um, I've seen that play so many times now that. I still, I'm, I'm actually quite amazed by it. It's not like a flashy play as you, were, as you would expect Mahomes to, to make, but how that play was made and how it was pulled out. I think it was uh, Emmanuel Acho actually um, did a, a, a brief video, but just pointing out what was what was happening, what was moving around, and he, he dumbed it down to my level, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but how that play was designed and how it was executed by Justin Watson and Patrick Mahomes, yeah, was phenomenal against. What JC Jackson, who yeah. was in an absolute spin, he didn't know what was going on, um, and it was just executed perfectly by the whole team as well. Um, how it managed to just pull, I don't know about that one. I, again, I think it's, I, I think the offensive line didn't exactly have a great rep, and Mahomes had to step up away from the offensive line almost to leave, leave but all that the, was the beauty of it. <laughs> behind. Yeah, it's certainly Mahomes' magic. Both feet off the floor, Justin Watson, give JC Jackson the eyes, made it look like he's going to run a little out route, yeah. and then crossed him over, spun him around, and um, I loved yeah, it. I thought and it obviously created enough uh, separation. Uh, right away that JC Jackson couldn't catch up like the flow uh, the flow the throw was perfect yeah uh, half a yard behind JC Jackson makes a play on the ball half a yard out in front Justin Watson's got a catch it's a lot more difficult than it, yeah. it needed to be it was just an outstanding play but when you got Patrick Mahomes you kind of expect those kind of things but now let's talk about Let's talk about the man of the hour. Let's the hero of the hour. We've got another the hero one of the hour. <laughs> so Justin Watson made me some money because I had a bet and anytime touchdown bet on Justin Watson, well, Justin Watson scored a touchdown. Yeah. And that come through. I won some money. I was very happy with my bet. You also had a bet. I did. On Justin Watson to score a touchdown at any time. I did. And because I listened but, to you, I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll have a bit of that. I'll have a yeah, bit of that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. So my bet was a single. Your bet was a double. Now, if you follow us on social, <laughs> you already know about this bet. But Brad Simcox, my buddy, my pal, my friend, <laughs> he made the bet of the year. And if I see a better bet than this all season, 
I will eat my hat because Bradley Simcox made a double bet of a Justin Watson, Justin Watson touchdown paired with a Chiefs defensive touchdown. An anytime touchdown, yeah. Anytime touchdown. <laughs> so when Jalen Watson took a 99-yard return back for a pick six, Bradley, please tell the listener how many dollars you won. I, I will I will say before I release the figure, my face was about an inch away from the TV screen screaming at Watson to get over that line. <laughs> because uh yeah, I put about five pounds on and I won six hundred and eighty-seven pounds back from that bet. <laughs> Which equates to about eight hundred and twenty dollars. Eight hundred and twenty dollars of like seven. So Brad. Yeah. That right, kudos to you. Put some a round of applause over this, please, <laughs> as I talk, because that for me, I was excited for you. I genuinely was. Our like, chat was blowing up, wasn't it? it was yeah, like, Brad, you know, right, Brad, right, Brad, 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 Brad. <laughs> straight away, it was like because we watch it on a feed which is slightly behind the international game pass is behind yeah. your feed. It's normally about a minute ninety seconds behind, and I think Brad's because he lives up north beyond the wall. Um, <laughs> is about three minutes behind, and so as soon as Justin or Jalen Watson scored that touchdown, it was just Brad in big capital letters from everyone. <laughs> everyone <laughs> beers on Brad. Brad. <laughs> but now here's my question to you, Brad. Yeah. Did you tell the missus? Um, no, I, I'll tell her when my new watch arrives. <laughs> <laughs> I've already spent it. <laughs> yes, I thought, well, this this deserves a little treat, I think. <laughs> the biggest bet I've ever won. So I was like, well, I've got to mark the occasion, have I? <laughs> Congratulations. I've made some good money so far off the, the Chiefs this season. We both I've have, had- yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've had two bets coming already. Thank you, Jody Fortson. Thank you, Justin Watson. I'll be I'll be releasing my anytime touchdown score a bet in about twenty minutes time on this podcast. Oh, will you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bet responsibly. Bet responsibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, I, I just want to give a big kind of credit shout out to Jalen Watson because um, the poor lad was targeted all night by Herbert, um, and it wasn't going well for him for quite some time. But he really got his own back on Herbert, didn't he? From that brutal kind of kicking that he was getting, um, it was beautiful. I, I loved it, and and the story that went behind it as well. We heard we heard Mitch Holthus talking about him working in Wendy's and stuff yeah. um, before he was uh, an NFL player. It was beautiful. I love those kind of stories, those kind of Cinderella stories where you know from somebody from nothing comes into the NFL and becomes something. And um, it was just a great moment, and I just wanted to give him a big shout out for that. So. Well done, Jalen Watson. And thank you so much, Jalen Watson, for the, my nice new watch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right then, uh, should we take a quick break? When we come back, we're going to be previewing the game between the Chiefs and the Colts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, and welcome back to The Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. It's up to us to preview the Chiefs versus the Colts on Sunday, six o'clock our time, which is, oh, you know, after after the weekend we've just had as well, where it's been a late night game, early morning game at mm-hmm. quarter past one. It's great to have a six o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, one of the few six o'clocks we've got all season. I actually went straight from the um, evening game basically to a stag do last weekend, which <laughs> all, a bachelor's party is what you guys call it in the States. Yeah. So that was, that was, a, that was a struggle, but um, that yeah, was six, a struggle, was it? That was a struggle. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but the, um, the, the six o'clock game over here, the noon kickoff to, to you guys over in the States. It's like one of my favorite kickoff times. It's yeah. not my favorite kickoff time. I, I die by the 925 kickoff time. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah. But I think we've only got three six o'clocks all season or something like that. Four six o'clocks all season or noon kickoffs to you guys. We haven't got many. So I'm going to enjoy this one. And I'm going to enjoy this one by heading to London. And I'm going to do a little bit of a plug here for my old stomping ground, Arrowheads Abroad. Um, <laughs> Arrowheads Abroad are hosting a meetup on Sunday night at the Hippodrome Casino in London, um, where they will be showing the Chiefs and Colts and loads of other NFL games. There'll be a few guys there. A few of the Arrowheads Abroad OGs will be there. Um, a place where we've watched a lot of Chiefs games together. In fact, we watched, watched a Chiefs-Colts game back in 2015. Was that the one where Nick Foles played for the Chiefs uh, quarterback? Oh, God, yeah. And, yeah, that long ago. Um, so, yeah, come down to London if you want to have a beer with us, a uh, couple of us. Come down, say hello, and we'll watch the Chiefs smash the Colts. Spoiler alert. <laughs> You're just giving away what we're going to talk about now. Yeah. <laughs> well, was uh, it Nick Foles? Did Nick Foles play quarterback that game? It was. I think it was. It was such a nothing game, if I remember rightly. I think we just walked into Indianapolis and just absolutely destroyed them. <laughs> <laughs> With Nick Foles. What year was that? And it wasn't 2015. It was a different year because I was at Bengals versus the then Redskins at Wembley earlier in the day, and I left to make the meetup actually yeah. for Chiefs Colts. And yeah, where... were you already hammered by then? Is that what, yeah, is that absolutely. Probably why you don't remember it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I was. Um, <laughs> That's why it's a nothing game, mate. You don't Jeez, even know who the quarterback was. 
do you know what like i i pride myself on having quite a good memory like a photographic memory of the andy reed era chiefs because yeah. obviously that's where the arrowheads abroad stuff started and then obviously leading into the arrowhead pride stuff where it's become a bit more ten- intense yeah with covering this team but i like to feel like i know pretty much all of the chiefs games and what happens in specific plays in every single chiefs game in the andy reed era I cannot remember a thing about that Colts game <laughs> last time we played them. Brilliant. <laughs> That's great, that mate. Well done. <laughs> Good podcast. Not, Good maybe, podcast. maybe it was the game. Maybe it was the game. Let, baby Patrick Einger. Do you remember him, the guy we traded from the Cowboys? Einger. Oh, the, yeah. Einger, yeah, the yeah, offensive yeah. line. It might have been his debut for the Chiefs that game. And if I tell you what, I'm going to so go. Was that 2016 then? Maybe. Maybe I tell you what. For that. You look for that. I'll get into the Colts. I tell you what. I tell you what. If if that Colts game in 2016 was Patrick Iinger's baby for the Chiefs, you owe me 25 pounds. Yeah. What? How? Parker Iinger. <laughs> that was his name, wasn't it? Parker. So, yeah. Yeah. I've just decided you owe me. You owe me. I've made a bet pounds. that you haven't agreed to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to pay me the money when I know I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. You carry the concept of betting again, Tom. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you, you carry on with your um, your preview of uh, yeah. The Colts. I'll, I'll crack on with the Colts thing because this is great podcast material. Uh, so the uh, yeah, um, looking back at the Colts, I thought I'd go a little bit further back for obviously because we're only week two into this season. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd look back at the Colts and and see their previous season and where it all went wrong. Let's say for the Colts, because last year they started off six and one. I don't know if you, you'll remember that. You must remember that. Surely they went. They started the season six and one. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor was going to win the MVP. Yes, exactly. Yet they finished it nine and eight. Now they seem to have picked up where they left off this year as well because. Um, I think they. I think the last game they played last year was actually against the Jags, where they were they they felt as though because the Jags were so so terrible last year, mm-hmm. that they were actually going to steamroller over them and and obviously try and uh, make it into the into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they lost that game, and this week or the week just gone, they lost against the Jags again. I mean, they were pummeled by the Jags. Yes, royally were. pummeled by the Jags, yeah. and. Obviously, Matt Ryan, um, he, he had last year, I mean, they brought Matt Ryan in, didn't he? And he had last year the worst QBR rating of his career last year. Yeah. Now he's in the Colts. It doesn't look as though it's going to get improved anytime soon either. No. Um, because, um, like we said, watching that, 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 that game against the Jags this week, that was terrible. And, and to look at that Colts team with so many pro bowlers on that team, yeah, you come on. Yeah, I mean, go said on. Before, on. You, pro bowlers look look like... at the name. Look at the pro bowlers in the list, though. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like Quentin They've Nelson, got yes. They've got Quentin Nelson, all. yes. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, abs- absolutely. <laughs> Matt Ryan, <laughs> Stephen Gilmore. How did Matt Ryan get into it? If like, he's got the worst QBR of his of his but, career. Sorry, uh, how did he get in the Pro Bowl? If he's, he had the last year, was the worst QBR because it's, it's a popularity contest. I don't know who's voting for Matt Ryan's <laughs> Um Obviously, you got Darius Leonard. He's a good player. Yeah, the Forest Buckner. Yeah, he's a good player. But you, this this team, I, I in general, is just so 
talent poor and poorly coached right now. Now, before we get into the Colts, the current day Colts, I have to, I found my Parker Einger thing, okay? Oh, go on then. Yeah. I found it as per reference. See, I know something, I remember something happened with Parker Einger in that game. Yeah. It wasn't his debut for the Chiefs. By the way, the Chiefs beat the Colts on the 30th of October 2016 and they won 30 to 14. Nick Foles did play that game. So because you got that wrong, I get £25 yeah. off you. Is that yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. But Parker Einger got a season-ending injury in that game. Ah, right. There we go. It wasn't his debut. It was, yeah. in fact, the climax of his season or the finale of his season, should we say. Oh, just send Anyways, you don't owe me £25 for now. And no, just send the money in the post. It'll be fine. Uh, okay, and the Chiefs Kingdom just learned a little something about Parker Einger. <laughs> and betting in Britain. <laughs> but, but, but we're back to Matt Ryan. I just don't get it. I don't no. get the cult. I don't like, I like Chris Ballard. I do like him. And like some people were upset when obviously he left because people wanted him to be the guy to replace John Dorsey. Mm. They didn't want it to be Brett Veach. Obviously those people are clearly wrong. Yeah. I've now been proven wrong. But Chris Ballard overall seems like a good dude, seems like an okay sort of GM, but he just keeps getting the quarterback position wrong. Yeah massively wrong like you think about since he's been in charge there he's obviously had to deal with Andrew Luck retiring and no one foresaw that happening that was just totally out of the blue but since then you've rode you've he's ridden with what Philip Rivers Carson Wentz and now Matt Ryan like yeah it's like a who's who of bad quarterbacks isn't it like Matt Ryan basically is Philip Rivers with an, but he has an MVP and a Super Bowl appearance. That he his career he's trajectory, better than Philip Rivers. He, he's better than Philip Rivers, and <laughs> and if if I tell you what, don't make me start on the whole Phil Rivers going to Canton thing because you up. because if Phil Rivers gets into Canton, then you have to put Matt Ryan in. You oh. simply have to because you Matt Ryan has more there, yards, yeah, more yards, an MVP and a Super Bowl appearance, and he is like the greatest Super Bowl comeback of all time away from winning a Super Bowl as well. Yeah. And it's rare for players, quarterbacks especially, to win a Super Bowl and an MVP and not make the Hall of Fame. Normally that's a shoe in yeah. It's what's going to get Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame at the end of the day. That's what's going to, the two Super Bowl rings. But anyway, that's a different point. Yeah. But Matt Ryan right now, this version, this statue version of Matt Ryan that will not simply move off his spot. Defences are just playing him and they're just teeing off. They are simply just teeing off because the Colts have no wide receivers to write home apart apart from Michael Pittman Jr., who's injured and questionable for Sunday with a quad, a quad injury. Yeah. They have what? Who's it? Paris Campbell, who's done little to nothing. His second round pick entering in the yeah. league a few years ago. He's done little to nothing. Can't even tell you who the other wide receivers are. Titan, they have no one. Naeem they have Naeem Hines yeah. as a receiving option out the backfield. They obviously have Jonathan Taylor. But teams are just teeing off on, on Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan and just saying, right, we'll stop you two because we don't have to worry about the nobodies in the rest of the offense. Yeah. Like the, the Colts, I look at the Colts and all I see is a team that are just the most old school, boring, vanilla style of offense that we have in the NFL right now. <laughs> their, their, their theory is run the football and let their one wide receiver make plays. Yeah. There's there's no variation. They have a they have a quarterback that doesn't move out the pocket. They have a, a run game which they're heavily reliant on, and they have one wide receiver. That is early two thousands football style. That's not that's not football made 
for 2022. It's not football made for the last five or six years. It's the type of football that every now and then the Patriots could get away with. But guess what? They had Tom Brady. (laughs) They don't have Matt Ryan. They also had an excellent defence, but not the Indianapolis Colts. They are so talent poor on offence that when they're relying on someone like Matt Ryan to try and make a comeback against the bloody Jacksonville Jaguars, they can't even manage it against them. They are so poor offensively. Like They've played the two, the worst teams in the NFL in the previous two weeks, and they've come away from it winless. I actually tipped them stupidly to win 10, 10 games this year and win the AFC South. Now I'll be surprised if they finish third in their division. They've looked, they've started the season that, that badly. Frank Reich, he is on a hot seat. His bottom is burning right now. Yeah. Because if they go 0-3 on Sunday, which I fully expect them to go 0-3, I, I really do expect the Chiefs to deal with the Colts quite handily, to be honest. Mm. Um, I hear all this talk about trap game. I don't believe it. I think the Chiefs are going to destroy the Colts. But when they go 0-3 on Sunday, their percentage, the chances of making the playoffs dips and dips and dips. They are just fortunate they are that they are in a division which has four terrible teams in it, and you can probably win it with six or seven wins. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the offense did not shine at all. And like you said, one trick pony in uh, in the fact that they have uh, Jonathan Taylor, which um, he just really got snuffed out against the, the against the Jags, which again is surprising because... In the first half, he had five carries for five yards in the first half against the Jags. See, so you, you, as soon as you shut that down, yeah, what else you're have you relying, You're relying on Matt Ryan to beat you. <laughs> And, and I'm, a Matt, Matt Ryan. I'm a Matt Ryan guy. I like Matt Ryan. I wanted to, but the year that he came out, I think it was the same year that it might have been the same year the Chiefs drafted Tyson Jackson, maybe, or Glenn Dawson, he won those two. Yeah. And I was hoping that Matt Ryan was going to fall to the Chiefs. But at, obviously at that point, the Chiefs were in the ultimate quarterback purgatory. <laughs> they, 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 yeah. they, 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 you're talking about Damon Hewitt, Tyler Thigpen, Brody Croyle, those type of days. That They were in purgatory. And I wanted the Chiefs to draft Matt Ryan. And had the Chiefs drafted Matt Ryan that year, I would have been very happy. And for 10 years, he looked like a very good serviceable quarterback. But he's just hit the wall. He has hit the wall. He's hit like, do you remember Matt Schwab, the old Texans quarterback that yes. was very good for a few years? Well, I say very good, serviceable for a few years, and then just kind of hit a wall and just fell off a cliff. And that's what's happening with Matt Ryan now. Mm. He, he's got to a point in his career where he's just not very good anymore. The game's kind of gone above and beyond him. You I cannot have, unless you are have got supreme arm talent like Tom Brady or when Aaron Rodgers moves out of the pocket, basically, unless you're Tom Brady, you have to be able to move as a quarterback. It's all and about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan about your reads move, so he's well. getting left behind. So yeah. it's all about your reads and stuff as well, and pre-snap and things like that, isn't it? And it yeah, doesn't I, seem. I, I don't. Noise. I don't doubt. I don't doubt Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's mental ability at all. I, I still can imagine that he's up there with the best of them, but physically, he's just so far behind in terms of arm talent of Tom Brady and the ability to move like Mahomes, like Rogers, like, I don't know, even Justin Herbert, his ability to, his lack of ability to be able to move mm. is just damp, like hampering him and teams are just teeing off him. They know all they need to do is close the pocket. They don't need to try and set an edge against him. They don't have to worry about any of that. Smother their piss poor wide receivers and they're going to have a have an easy day against them. And the Jacksonville Jaguars did that perfectly on Sunday. And that's a reason why the, the Colts didn't score any points. 
Um, I feel like we have to give him some uh, some sliver of praise in a way, a little bit maybe, or some glimmer of hope, let's say. That's probably not praise. Praise is probably a bad word. But I didn't think defence looked particularly all that bad. You didn't watch the same game as no, me. No, 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 no. They were bad, but when you compare them with the other half of the team, they were probably the only glimmer of hope they've got to actually even competing against the Chiefs. I think it's been established tonight on podcasts that you don't know how to no, evaluate no. defences. <laughs> I'm not saying this, this I, Colts defence is like world beaten and it's 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 going to be the major issue, but what I'm saying... Zay Jones, on a very... Evan Ingram, <laughs> Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't been very good in his career so far. That, uh, James, uh, James Robinson yeah. and... Who's the other running back? Uh, Etienne for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is not an elite cast of offensive weapons. No. But they looked elite because of the Colts' defence. Yes. Like Trevor Lawrence, that was the first time in his entire career that he's looked like a first-round quarterback <laughs> yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, they couldn't is. stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They just didn't know what to do. Like even the goal line plays with Tra- Tra- Trevor Lawrence running a little out with the option pass to Christian Kirk. Like, imagine the fun that Andy Reid's going to have down the goal line against this Colts defense. I'm trying to give him a glimmer of hope, Tom. Come on, let me help, help me out here. Like, <laughs> out, of, out of both sides of the ball, the defense is probably their only glimmer of hope. I think going into this, this uh, game against no, the I think I don't. I don't. I think the defense can't win the game, though. No, the defense ain't going to win. They're not going to win this game. They're just simply not. Um, I don't care how loud Lucas Oil is. It is at Lucas Oil Stadium, isn't it? it I think so, yeah. Is a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a road game. Um, I don't care how loud Lucas Oil Stadium is. I just cannot see a way the Colts win this game. Maybe, maybe if Jonathan Taylor truly goes off and the team commit to like a death by paper cuts type of run mm-hmm. through Jonathan Taylor, maybe the fact that Willie Gay isn't going to be there on Sunday may make a little bit of a difference. But I think this game's probably teeing up perfectly for a Leah Chanel type of game if I'm being perfectly honest like he's a thumper who wants to hit let him go hit the Colts offensive line let him go hit their running backs maybe maybe they can have some success there there with moving the ball maybe maybe not but ultimately it's quarterback versus quarterback and Patrick Mahomes versus Matt Ryan slash Philip Rivers slash Carson Wentz Mm. It, it just it's it's a non it's a no no contest for me. The one thing that bothers me um, about Jonathan Taylor is the fact that we will not have Willie Gay for this game for the next four games due to that suspension, won't we? Yeah. Um, now he's been brilliant, Willie Gay. First, yes, first two has. games this season, um, and him and Nick Bolton, and they've been a, a, a fantastic but, pairing. But so I'm kind of a little bit concerned. I will be looking at that. I think during the game, just thinking, right, you know, are they going to plug the gaps that you know Jonathan Taylor is going to be coming through, um, and is got is that going to be enough? Whoever we've got in that that linebacking group there, but um, that's the only thing that concerns me. That's the only thing that I'm really fussed about and really bothered about because, like you said, I think our cornerbacks are going to be very capable, um, and I think the likes of Fenton and uh, and Watson. Are going to get a bit more confidence out of this game. They should do. Um, that, that's yeah, because they're playing. Going. They're going against a bunch of no names. Unless yeah. Michael, Pitt, obviously, if Michael Pittman plays, then they've got a bit more to think about. And yeah. he's he's a very good wide receiver. But in terms of 
our coverage defenders versus their wide receivers. I put our money on our coverage defenders. Yeah, Willie Gay not being there is a little bit of a problem, but I think it's more of a problem for the Naheem Hines type of thing, though, because yeah. Hines is a very, very, very good cast catching running back out the flats, out the backfield. He that's what he's in there for. He's they don't they never just put the ball in his belly and let him run between the tackles. Yeah. He is a pass catching running back, and I feel like that's where Willie Gay could be could be missed, but. I, I still think maybe Spags will bring in like Elijah Lee, maybe for like third downs, maybe his nickel patch. Maybe we'll see a bit more Brian Cook. I'm not too sure. But um, in terms of stuffing a run, I don't think Willie Gay makes that much of a difference. I think Leo Chanel maybe be able to come in and be the other guy next to him, next yeah. to Nick Bolton, and probably have just as much of an effect on the, the Colts run game as, say, Willie Gay probably could have. Actually, yeah, Chanel is probably it's probably a, a more suitable game for him. This isn't that, I yeah, suppose, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, I suppose you're right there. Uh, right, okay. Um, predictions. The Chiefs now, are going to win this so 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 comfortably. <laughs> so, so. Wait, what are we saying though? What margin are we saying here? The the over under is only set at six and a half. Is it? Yeah. No, sorry, not the over-under. The, the um, Chiefs are only six and a half point favourites. Oh, I was going to say the over-under. Like, I'm taking that over. <laughs> <laughs> like, hammer that. Yeah. I'll be what? hammering that. Hammer the over. Sure. There's the, the six and a half point favourites. The Chiefs are going to cover easily. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs will probably win 34, maybe 13, maybe. Oh, right. I, I, I think it's going to be convincing. Yeah. Like Frank Reich, he's just not a coach that scares me. Matt Ryan's not a quarterback that scares me. Yeah. Their defense doesn't scare me. Um, I think we're much more likely to see the Cardinals type of performance from the Chiefs than we are, say, the Chargers. And um, this game will be another comfortable one for yeah. all to watch. I think it's going to be comfortable as well, but I'm going to go 31 6. Ow. And it won't be a touchdown. It'll be two field goals for the Colts. They've got a new kicker this week as well, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They, yeah, they, oh, yeah, Blankenship. They got rid of him, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. I can't believe that. I liked him. Why did you like him? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like he was one of the normal guys that proved that anybody could Because well, he wore NFL. glasses and was small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> was, 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 he, was he like your role model for, just for you making the NFL? Was he? I can make it one day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, anytime touchdown scorer. Go on then. Who's it going to be this week? Do you know what? You've had it. You've nailed it twice. I know. I you, know. Did you have... Uh, yeah, you had Fortson. And Fortson you had, and you Watson. Watson, didn't you? Okay. Oh. Well, I'm going back to the well. All right. Back to the Fortson well. Jody Fortson. Anytime touchdown score again this week. Do you think he Watch gets it. one or two? I'm taking notes, mind. I'm taking Just one. <laughs> Just one. I'll tell you, Jody Fortson, he's getting... Nine touchdowns this season. Yeah? Yeah, he is. You heard it here first. And he's wow. going to get another one on Sunday. He's going to be good. like the ultimate road touchdown machine. He <laughs> won't score many an hour ahead, but he's going to get loads on the road. And um, yeah, Jody Fortson will get another touchdown. This oh, very nice. I like that. He's going to um, moss Darius Leonard. And yeah. He's going to moss him. Yeah. <laughs> I like your love for Jody Fortson, mate. I really do. It's it's yeah. it's sweet. It's lovely. <laughs> it's really nice. Mahomes actually almost threw an interception, force feeding Jody Fortson one the other day. Yeah, he did. Mahomes yeah. got the last point about the Chargers game. Mahomes was lucky on Thursday night. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. There, there was a couple there where you think, yeah. Um, I know what? he took his dig. I know he took his dig at PFF and whatnot, <laughs> but um, his his turnover luck on on Thursday was just crazy in his favour compared to last season where everything went against him. Yeah. His turnover luck on Thursday was just like, I feel like he got all of his good luck in one particular game yeah. on Thursday and maybe he won't be so lucky next time. Yeah, he hasn't thrown an in yet, has he? Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> done that so far? No idea. Uh, right then, that's all we've got time for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you have, then please let us know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, stick around on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for more Chiefs content. And of course, keep up to date with everything Chiefs with daily content on your website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.